G'day and welcome to the Bloody Bizarre Podcast. My name's Emma. I'm Sarah. We're sisters. We're sisters. This is a podcast where we talk about... Weird stuff. Weird stuff. uh, Crime stuff. The Bloody Bizarre. I don't know what to tell you. How's everyone feeling after last week's episode? Yeah, because we are recording them back to back and I'm not feeling great. I'm going to bring you back up with today's episode. Okay, cool. Thanks to all the people who've started following on Instagram. Mm -hmm. All the new followers. Yep, that's exciting. Hopefully that translates into listens. Yeah. (laughs) Either way, it's appreciated. The Instagram follows are appreciated by Sarah. Yeah. (laughs) Who who runs the Instagram. So she sees your your comments if you make them. Yeah. (laughs) And it's me replying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. I guess this should come at the end. Yeah, probably. Mm. Uh, okay, well, should I just jump into it? Yeah, I think last week was a very long episode. This week's going to be a short episode. It's going to be a little shorty. Yeah. Shorty. Okay. All right, so um, as you all know, because you clicked on the name, this I'm covering today the Max Headroom incident mm-hmm. or the Max Headroom hijacking incident, as it's also known. So my sources are Wikipedia, uh, cybernews.com article by Villiet, Villiet, Petkowskis, I think, and Reddit. Although I put Reddit on there and I've taken out a little bit that I use from Reddit. So I don't know if Reddit is really deserving of being on there, but <laughs> I read it. I read it. Is that why it's called Reddit? Oh my gosh. Is it? Reddit. I think I've just uncovered something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get started. Okay. On the night of November 27th, 1987. Viewers were tuning in to WGN-TV's 9pm sports segment of the channel's nightly newscast. Suddenly, the broadcast was interrupted by a 10-second black screen. Perhaps initially, people thought that something was wrong with their TVs, maybe the TV was broken, uh, but it was soon apparent that this was not the case as a masked figure appeared on the screen in front of what looked like a kind of swivelling metal corrugated background. The person was swaying and silent but was accompanied by, like, a buzzing digital noise. Oh, God, that's so scary. This lasted for 25 seconds before engineers at WGN were able to interrupt the intrusion by switching the signal frequency, linking the broadcast studio to the station. Sports anchor Dan Roan appeared back on the screen and said, quote, well, if you're wondering what's happened, so am I. <laughs> Today I'm telling you about the Max Headroom signal hijacking. Right. So the whole time was that person just silent and swaying. Mm -hmm. And it was just that kind of buzzing electrical noise. Ew. Yep. So this masked person in the background were obviously trying to imitate Max Headroom, who was a fictional artificial intelligence character. First appearing in a movie and then going on to star in his own TV show, he was advertised as a computer-generated TV presenter and was known for his arrogant wit-biting commentary and pitch-shifting voice set in a dystopian future. He also had a geometric swiveling background. I have never heard of that. No, I haven't either. A pillar of the 80s, this person, this, really? this character was. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Headroom. Do you have a photo of I do, and I'm going to show you the the interruption and what it was trying to imitate yeah yeah so headroom's origin story is as follows um imagine this is not super important to the story it's just kind of giving you a background on who the character was yeah i need the context yeah um a man named edison carter is a journalist fleeing enemies into a parking garage he crashes his motorcycle through the entrance barrier that reads max headroom 2.3 meters 
Oh, that's where Max Headroom comes from. Yeah. While Carter is unconscious, an AI program based on his mind is created. The AI develops a personality identified as Max Headroom. Who creates the... I don't know. AI. <laughs> I'm guessing this is all explained. I didn't watch the TV show. Um, uh, and this becomes... This like personality uh, becomes a TV host who only exists on broadcast signals and computer systems. So it's not meant to be a real person. It's mm-hmm. meant to be like an AI-created thing. Yeah. Um, according to the creators of this show... Max's personality was meant to be a satirical exaggeration of the worst tendencies of television hosts in the 1980s who wanted to appeal to youth culture yet weren't a part of it. The actor who played Max Headroom, Matt Frewer, proposed that Max reflected an innocence largely influenced not by mentors and life experience, but by information absorbed from the television. Max Headroom was such a famous character in the 80s. He appeared in TV ads with celebrities like, um, I think... I think it was Run DMC. He was in, a, in an ad for like Coke or something like that. Um, he was featured on other shows. He was featured in movies. He was super recognisable at the time. How come I've never... But this is from the 80s. You were born in uh, uh, 1990. Yeah, but still, if he was that famous, I've heard of other people from the 80s. So that's the Max Headroom character. Yeah, it's not ringing a bell. No, no. It didn't to me either. And that is what viewers saw. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah that one's more recognisable to me. <laughs> yeah, so you've, you've so that's that's the that's what was intruded and that's mm. what it was imitating. So you can see that it was and this will be posted on our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um so it's kind of Max Headroom looks like a kind of a slick, like angular looking plastic guy wearing a suit. Yeah. And sunnies. <laughs> yeah, but he's not always wearing Max Headroom the character is not always wearing sunnies, but the intrusion is wearing because yeah. it's a it's a plastic mask that someone's put on and it's got sunglasses on. Yeah. Okay. Looks pretty creepy. Yeah. It, yeah. And if that just interrupts your regular viewing. Very creepy. Very creepy. Mm. I would, my like anxious brain would think that it was just me and that someone was specifically targeting, targeting me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So everything seemed to be back to normal until about two hours later at about 11:15 p.m the scheduled broadcast of doctor who on chicago area pbs affiliate wttw11 was interrupted the same masked figure appeared but this time there was audio with it and it lasted longer the max headroom lookalike opened with the words he's a freaking nerd <laughs> who was he talking about I doctor think, who yeah i think so i don't know <laughs> maybe um for over a minute and 20 why, seconds. Why the drive-by? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's a further drive-by in here and it's and the guy that it was targeted is like, I was scared. <laughs> so for over a minute and 20 seconds, Chicagoans were subjected to strange cackling, unintelligible rants and ramblings on seemingly unrelated topics. Um, he singled out WGN sportscaster Chuck Swirsky, calling him a freaking liberal. Oh he feigned defecation, complaining of piles and then stated... I just made a giant masterpiece for the greatest world newspaper nerds. WGN TV, just to remind you, was the first station that was hacked. And it stands for world's greatest newspaper. So he's basically saying, you know, I just made a... I just shat on your newspaper. Yeah. Like I just... Took a shit in honour of you or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Throughout the interruption, he's humming various tunes, reciting slogans. He also mentions sharing dirty gloves with his brother. What does that mean? It, I, I'm going I'm to play you a little bit of the recording and it's like... It's just like rambling. The video concludes with a woman in a maid's outfit hitting the headroom character's bare buttocks with a fly swatter. 
while the Max Headroom imitation yelled, they're coming to get me. And he's like going, no, oh no. And like, it's really creepy. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> the headroom. So unhinged. Yeah. The headroom figure continues to moan until the signal is switched back to Doctor Who. <laughs> now, just, I'm going to play you a little um, auto clip of the, of the recording. Okay? Oh my God. I'm going to take a, I need some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can laugh at it now, but if I was watching that, I would be, like, crying. I would be, like... Yeah, you'd be freaked out. Mm -hmm. You'd be, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I was trying to watch Doctor Who. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? So, I'm going to hold it here into the... Yeah. Yeah. That's Doctor Who. Imagine just watching that with your family. <laughs> so, okay. So creepy, right? Yeah. Very creepy. And oh, feel free to edit that however you see fit. A little bit um, a little bit funnier than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, knowing that nothing, like, incredibly bad happens, it's easy to be like, oh, okay. Like, you know, it's, it's lighthearted, right? Technicians at WTTW Studios could not counteract the signal takeover because there was no engineers on duty at that hour at the Sears Tower mm. uh, where the station's broadcast tower was located. Engineers believed that whoever was behind the hijacking must have had access to high-powered equipment. They speculate that the culprits likely used a high-rise apartment or a roof that was in between the studio and the transmitter. This is a quote. You need a significant amount of power to do that. The interfering signal has to be quite strong. Robert Strutzel, WGN's Director of Engineering, told the Chicago Tribune the day after the event. According to station spokesman Anders Yoakum, uh, technicians monitoring the transmission from WTTW headquarters attempted to take corrective measures but couldn't. So... Director Paul Rizzo recalled that as the, quote as the content got weirder, we got increasingly stressed out about our inability to do anything about it. Yeah, because what if he just like I mean he showed his butt, but mm. what if he turned around and like started? Jacking what if he like shot or, himself? Yeah, you know, like yeah. what if it was something like that? Yeah. Um, yep. The pirate broadcast ended when the hijackers unilaterally ended their transmission. So so they ended it. They ended it. <laughs> yeah, they cut it back to Doctor Who. Not anyone interfering, like anyone being able to take over it. 
Joachim said, by the time our people began looking into what was going on, it was over. Oh, my God. WTTW, obviously, received numerous phone calls from viewers being like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, yeah, we don't know either. They were like, yeah, what the fuck? Was it you? (laughs) You tell us. (laughs) You got any leads? (laughs) So who was behind this unsettling hack and why? Um, The culprits hadn't asked for anything. They hadn't said anything particularly shocking or made any reference to why they'd done the hijacking. No, it was like nonsense talk. It was nonsense. And like they just made like they just mentioned some slogans. They hummed a tune. And then got smacked on the bottom. Called Swirsky a A um, liberal. Fucking liberal. (laughs) Called Doctor Who a nerd. (laughs) Yeah. Chuck Swirsky. The freaking liberal, yeah, yeah. Um, said later he was concerned for his safety as he was singled out for seemingly no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why me? Yeah, you, you mentioned no one else. Yeah, <laughs> and it was Dan Roan earlier on the sportscaster. It wasn't Chuck Swirsky. Was he even there? No, well, he was a sportscaster for one of the channels, but but he wasn't like he there. wasn't like on the screen. <laughs> Um, the only reason there's a copy of The Intrusion today is because a few people were filming the Doctor Who episode, like, you know, as you used to do. Oh, yeah, like taping Taping stuff. it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. young people, the youths of today wouldn't remember that. They, would, they probably wouldn't. So the FCC launched an investigation into the attack. Those responsible faced imprisonment and up to a $100,000 fine in, um, yeah, $100,000 fine. Despite even the FBI getting involved... Uh, no one was or ever ever has been found responsible for the intrusion. Really? Mm -hmm. It's still a mystery. It's still a mystery. Um, Even though there was a five-year statute of limitation on the case, meaning that five years after the hijacking, so in 1992, whoever was responsible could face no criminal charges if they came forward, still no one came forward. Wow. And no one has. And they still don't know. So... um, This is so weird. mm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's bloody bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> so there were a number of suspects. Uh, people speculated that it could have been a group of students, um, possibly disgruntled employees, radio enthusiasts. They called them freakers with a PH. Really, anyone that wanted to disrupt the signal and that had the right equipment could have done it. Before American TV stations switched to digital signals from analog ones in 2009, all a person would have to do was send a more powerful microwave transmission uh, to the station's broadcast tower. Uh, which was difficult, but not impossible, obviously. And oh, I didn't realise it was that easy. Like, well, I, I mean... I- <laughs> so there's there's two two kind of opposing thoughts on this. One is that it, it does require really high-powered technology. You have to know, like, you have to know a lot of inside information in order to do it. And then there's this... I'll go on to talk about it, but this guy from the FBI was like, no, I think that anyone could have done it with that had, like, you know, a cursory interest in this. So it's I'm not sure how difficult it actually would be because yeah. I read those two different opposing views. Yeah. So not long before the Max Headroom incident in April 1986, people watching HBO had their signal interrupted by a price protest message that remained on the screen for about four to five minutes. The message read, Good evening, HBO, from Captain Midnight. Twelve ninety-five a month? No way. Showtime movie channel beware. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know how last week I was, um, like, uh, having a go at Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're Captain Midnight. Yeah. <laughs> so Captain Midnight was later identified as a master control operator at a satellite teleport in Florida named John R. McDougall. 
This was his second job due to declining income from his satellite TV equipment business. He stated that he did the hack because he was frustrated with HBO's service rates and that it was hurting his um, first business, the satellite dishes, right? Well, I'm frustrated with Netflix's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, McDougal pleaded guilty and was fined $5,000 and just served a year of probation. Yeah. So not too much happened to McDougal. Mm -hmm. Well, good, you know. Yeah, I mean, like... I kind of agree with him. Yeah, his business is hurting and... He's just taking it out. Down with capitalism. And it was just like, you know, um, like those screens where it's just colour color block lines? Yeah. It was just that with the message on top of it. So it wasn't yeah. like anything scary. He didn't do anything offensive. No. It wasn't. It was no Max Headroom. Yeah. With the butt. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, in that, in, when the when the um, maid is hitting him on the butt with the fly swatter and he says, um, oh, no, they're coming to get me. She, she says, um, bend over, bitch. You can't really hear oh. it. But, like, you, yeah, if you, like, watch other videos, they isolate it and you can hear it. So... On November 26th, 1977, an audio message claiming to come from outer space and spoken by an individual named Vrilon of the Ashtar Galactic Command was broadcast during an ITN news bulletin on Southern Television in the UK. So this is before Max Headroom and um, Captain Midnight. Mm Mm-hmm. The intrusion didn't fully affect the video signal, but replaced the audio with a six-minute speech about the destiny of humans and a disaster to affect, quote, your world and the beings on other worlds around you. My God. That's what that was. When is the disaster meant to strike? I think they're just saying things like, you know, you have to love each other and and, uh, otherwise your your world is destined for doom and, like, shit like that. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. And also I think that the Ashtar people are, like, commonly um quoted by um like people that believe in aliens and all that kind of stuff they, okay. it's like it's it's a it's not an it's not a novel so in 2022 the person behind the intrusion was identified as journalist and pirate radio dj bob tomolsky after journalist tommy trelawney as part of um investigative podcast the interruption discovered an old comment thread in a private Facebook group for pirate radio enthusiasts, which identified Tomolsky as the perpetrator. So that was last year. He was found out as the the perpetrator of that one. Right. September 1987, the Playboy channel was the victim of a signal intrusion when an employee of the Christian Broadcasting Network, <laughs> Thomas Haney, interrupted the signal of the movie Three Daughters on the Playboy. <laughs> On the Playboy channel, and instead plastered the words, quote, Thus saith the Lord thy God, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he was he was discovered pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, and was, How embarrassing. Yes, yeah, so embarrassing. In January 2007, in Australia. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2007? Uh-huh. Had we not gone digital by then? I don't think so. Oh. But also some of these are... Um, cable intrusions which i don't think is microwave so i don't know how they did them Mm. i didn't look into it because i knew that it was going to be so technical i was going to be like it's pointless me reading it it's pointless you telling me yeah in 2007 in australia during a broadcast of an episode of mayday which is known in australia as air crash investigation one of our is it called a different thing it's it's in canada it's known as mayday it's a canadian show uh, and it's called mayday but in australia it's called air crash investigation yeah i know air crash investigation it's called mayday in canada why did they change the name i don't know they're like australians aren't gonna understand (laughs) (laughs) let's make it real specific This is air crash investigations. <laughs> you know the air? That's the where air planes fly. Those big birds. 
<laughs> um, I love Air Crash Investigation. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bomb show. So, mm. so that's that was aired on Channel 7, right? So, I recall. Yeah. So during uh, an episode, audio started playing, clearly saying in an American accent, Jesus Christ, help us all, Lord. Oh, that is scary. Yep. This same voice continued the message. It continued over and over. It just repeated itself for about six minutes. What? Mm-hmm. Over the top of the show? Yep. A spokesman for Seven later denied that the transmission was a prank or a security breach and claimed that the repeated line was a part of the original broadcast and actually said, Jesus Christ, one of the Nazarenes. Although there's no similarity between those, like, except for Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's no kind of It doesn't sound the same. Why would they lie about that? Why would they lie? A subsequent investigation by independent researchers revealed that the invading transmission was actually from a videotaped news broadcast of a civilian truck being ambushed in the Iraq war in which, so it's a video of this American who he's driving a truck and then you see, I think it's his head cam. You see him look to the side and there's um, a guy throws something at his truck. It's like a, a, you know, a bomb or something. And he, he goes, Jesus Christ, help us Lord. Something like that. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's exactly the same Jesus Christ, help us all, Lord. And it's like, it's exactly the same. So did they accidentally play the audio from that clip? We don't know. But it's like, it was it was distorted as well a little bit on the air crash investigation. So people still don't know whether this was an intentional act of television piracy or a genuine glitch of some sort. And mm. obviously Seven tried to cover it up. Yeah, yeah. Weirdly. <laughs> like, just, just tell say, the truth. Just say it was a news clip and we accidentally played it over. Yeah, or, I know. But then, and then why was it also, like, loopy? How creepy? It is very creepy, especially on something like Air Crash Investigation. Yeah, yeah. Because you'd be like, is that audio from the plane mm-hmm, or something? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Signal intrusions have also been used to further political messages, pretty obviously, um, with a number of political groups being found to hijack signals. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a non-exhaustive list of political hijackings. Falun Gong, the cult group, spread various messages throughout 2002, for which many received prison sentences of over 20 years. Um, during the 2006 Lebanon war, Israel overloaded the satellite transmission of Hezbollah's Al-Manar TV to broadcast anti-Hezbollah propaganda. Uh, and as recently as 2022, the hacker group Anonymous have targeted Russia with different anti-war hackings to protest Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Cool. Yeah. The most common use of signal hijacking that I could find, though, was to display porn. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking humans. Yeah, I read so many incidents of, like, porn was played during this. Um, oh, my God. So here's a couple that I found. Um, during the second innings from Game 1 of the 1988 World Series, a technician from WMGT-TV... Uh, was fired after the station's on-air feed replaced 10 seconds of the World Series with a black-and-white pornographic film. In 2007, an NBC special talking about the state of the of US healthcare... Oh, my God. <laughs> ...was uh, replaced by an inserted clip of 30 seconds of pornographic film. Also in t- 2007, a Disney Junior showing... Oh, my God. ...of the show Handy Manny was replaced briefly with hardcore porn. Oh, my God. The same channel was targeted in 2012 when the same hardcore porn, like not the same thing, but hardcore porn, and I chose the word penetrated, a showing of Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Some poor kid. A bunch of poor kids. A bunch of kids. Oh, God. <sighs> there was also an emergency alert system hacked in Montana, Mich- sorry, in Montana, Michigan and Wisconsin. Um, in this hack, viewers were told that a zombie invasion had begun and the dead were rising out of their graves and attacking the living. 
Shortly after, New Mexico was also the target of the same zombie attack message, um, but this led to the arrest of the guilty party. Did anybody think it was serious? I think some people did. Because it was the emergency alert system. It was being like, look, the, the you know, the living are rising, take shelter, shit like that. Did I tell you I once got one on my phone that was like, um, I think I sent it to you and Becky and it was like, there's a hurricane coming your way or something. But then I looked and it was like for um, the Philippines and I was like, why yeah. did they, they send that to me? Yeah. And then it went away. Yeah. But there was a, one in the Philippines at the time. It was like a glitch, I guess. Despite all these other signal hijacking events that are – I mean, some of them seem like they're more, like, you know, significant than the Max Headroom one. I mean, interrupting a children's show with <laughs> hardcore porn is a little bit worse than... Frickin' liberal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a frickin' nerd. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, despite all of them, the Max Headroom incident remains arguably the most famous signal hijacking incident of the last you know, 100 years. Yeah, well, that um, still that you showed me, that's mm. very, like, I recognised that immediately. Yeah. So that's the Max Headroom signal hijacking incident that happened in Chicago in the 1980s, did I say? Chicago in the 70s and 80s, like we were saying last week. What was going on? The Midwest in the 70s and 80s in America. Yeah. Wild. Wild West? Wild Midwest? Yeah. <laughs> God. Was there, like, something in the air or...? Yeah, well, hey, probably. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that's this week's episode. That was a fun one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I don't know why it's creepy. I think partly the the mask. Weird. Yeah, and the weirdness of it. The weirdness of it. Yeah. Um, the fact that it was rambling and made no sense. Yeah, it's like unpredictable. It's like, why did you do that? Yeah. What What is the reason for that? Yeah. And like you say, it's kind of funny now because we know that nothing came of it. But mm. at the time, if you were like, what is this? Is this the start of some like random weird terrorist attack? Or Yeah. There's also one that I didn't include. Um, there were so many I couldn't include them all. Mm. But um, there was this one where someone had hijacked. You know those um, where it's like they have a view. It's usually on like weather channels. They show like a camera that's set up to show like the view of a mountain or something yeah. like that. Oh, there's, there's um, the ones that are set up like above the freeway. and like, yeah, that, yeah, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So there was one that was set up and it showed this view and someone had hacked it and had superimposed a um, explosion on the mountain. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, there's like, people are so fucking naughty, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, all right. Well, yeah. good one. Yeah. All right. So, that's fun. this week. Uh, listen in next week. Like, listen, subscribe, tell your friends, all that shit. Do you know what I'm talking about next week? No. Nah. The elevator game. Is that a spooky one? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, is that – did you mention, like, Eliza Lamb? Uh, that will come into come it into a little it. bit. Cool. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, listen in next week and listen to Sarah tell us about the elevator game. Bye. Bye.